Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Dr. Heather Penny is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend and my coach. So today we're concluding our theme for March, Your Powerful Life. And today we're going to talk about enthusiasm is contagious. (laughs) (laughs) So let's end this month choosing joy and excitement because God knows we need it. (laughs) So Heather, this has been a rough 12 months (laughs) between COVID, a divided country. There's a lot going on. So it's really hard to be enthusiastic right now. How are you staying enthusiastic during this unique season? Well, I think, you know, as we look at enthusiasm, I would like to broaden probably a definition that many of us might be holding our head. We're not talking pep rallies. We're not talking yay, yay, pom-poms, even though that is a part of enthusiasm. I think the enthusiasm that I'm really wanting to talk about goes much deeper. It's enthusiasm for the hope that we get to have, Hmm. period. You know, I just firmly believe that I get to live in hope always. How we step into that, how we offer that in a way that's compassionate and caring and authentic. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean about enthusiasm. And it reminds me of a, I think I sent it out on my Facebook, but it was two runners that were running. One was from Nigeria And one was from, I want to say Ukraine, but I'm not sure. But basically the Nigerian was running further ahead and was getting ready to win the race. And uh, Mm -hmm. the uh, second runner came up behind him, but the Nigerian got confused because he didn't understand the language. And so he stopped. The second runner did not let him stop. He pushed him toward the finish line and let him win. Mm -hmm. And and, you know, he could have just sped right by him and said, sucker. <laughs> it sucks to be you, you know, but instead he pushed him in the, there's a picture that's ending where they're both hugging each other. Yeah. And the reporter goes, why did you do that? You could have totally beat him. And he said, because it was not my, my race. It was this other guy's race. The enthusiasm there that he had that commitment to his fellow human. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about in the middle of crisis, in the middle of a fatigued and tired, stressed out world right now. What if our enthusiasm was really this commitment to drive one another forward, to support one another when we feel like stopping in the race, to cheer each other on and let the other person win because it is their race to be won. I mean, what a powerful world that would be if we had that level of commitment. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I'm thinking about when I talk about enthusiasm is contagious. That's a great definition. I love that. And as an executive coach, though, you're listening to hours per day of people who are battling um, how to lead employees who are also facing discouragement and uncertainty. And many times it's hard to surround ourselves with that positivity and that hope. Mm -hmm. And so how do you recharge after discussing these tough issues? Or, I mean, and a lot of us, I don't really watch the news that much because it's just too hard and I can't. So how do you keep that hope alive and enthusiasm? I mean, especially you, you're taking on a bunch of other people's problems as your own and guiding them through it. I think, again, being really cognizant of what does enthusiasm look like for you that is authentic. I think it would be really insensitive 
for me to walk into a group or a company, an organization and just say, everybody, let's just think positive thoughts and let's get going. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I think that would be insensitive and honestly unkind. My enthusiasm is connected to the compassion for myself. What do I want to walk into? How do I want to connect with uh, individuals and groups? And how do I offer that best space for people? What I'm realizing, my my need to step back and offer myself some some grace, longer longer breaks, <laughs> longer periods of walks, getting out in nature. Um, less, you know, really more selectiveness about who I spend time with, Mm -hmm. um, how many groups I can spend time with. It's a lot that's going on. So I have to step back from some things that maybe I did a couple years ago Mm -hmm. because the intensity is so high right now. So I have to make sure that I protect myself, but, and in a way I have to make sure what am I doing to fuel my tank? Mm -hmm. So anything from, I literally have to sit down and say, I'm going to take this day off. I'm going to completely play. Or when I'm done at three, I'm literally done. I'm going to close the computer, walk away. Or um, what vacation do I need? Um, What is it that I'm reaching for? I just had someone, a good friend of mine and a client send over a uh, song. It was a seven minute song. And I just, oh man, she knew me, you know, and I zipped one back to her because I know what she's living through and she knows what's what I'm living through. And, and we both know the challenges and we don't need to spend more time talking about the challenges. <laughs> we need something to inspire us. Mm-hmm. So she sipped over a song to me and I zipped it over to her. And then I zipped it over to five other people because mm-hmm. I, I know what people are going through and I want to make sure that I offer something that is going to inspire them to continue to move forward versus to make them look down and keep focusing on how scared or anxious or unsure they are. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned the, that you're working with people and you refuel. How do we handle people who are enthusiasm and hope suckers? Like they just drain it from us. How do we put boundaries around that and monitor um, if our enthusiasm and hope are waning when we're around certain people? Well, I either just, politely say, no, thank you. And kind of step back. Mm-hmm. Um, or I might offer something to see if it kind of sticks and I'll just say, actually, I don't really see it that way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll say, Oh, how do you see it? And if they're curious with me, we have a better conversation. If they're really committed to their perspective and they don't want another perspective, there's nothing I can do. I just have to kind of gently step back. So mm-hmm. I think you get to kind of test uh, your relationships, personal and private and say, are they in a curious space? Do we want to be curious together? Are they open to another thought? Um, and if they're not, you want to step back, but if they are, it really could be a stronger relationship, Hmm. a, a better place to offer hope to one another. And, you know, those are the people I keep really close around me. I'm curious with them and I want them to be curious with me. Mm-hmm. But if there's defensiveness or stonewalling, or they're really committed to their perspective, well, you know, we're just not going to be able to develop a very strong relationship or high trust level. And I have people on all different continuums. I'm not saying that I don't have those people in my life. Mm-hmm. I just know where they're at and I know where I'm at. And I give myself the permission to see it clearly so that I don't have expectations that can't be met mm-hmm. or I don't put expectations on them. 
Right. I mean, we're saying enthusiasm is contagious, but so is um, negativism and negativity and all these. Yes. <laughs> What's yes. the word of that? Yeah. Negativism. We'll take it. Negativism. That's, that's a new <laughs> word that I created. <laughs> we too make up new words on this show. You know, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> and as we're recording this, before we started, um, I was telling you a little bit about what I'm going through personally, my mom has been in the hospital for five days. Um, mm. We're on, we're trying to buy a new house. So we have the stress of, okay, finances and packing and what do we do and how do we plan around our jobs? Um, so it's been really stressful and it's, sometimes it's been hard to keep that hope alive. It's been, it's been hard. Life's been hard. So how do we balance processing the feelings of pain and sadness and stress? And then how do we turn back to feeling hope and enthusiasm? Like, I mean, there's a time, I don't want to say a timeline, but you don't want to live in the mire of rehashing things out. And, but there's a time when you need to say, okay, it's time to move on and look towards the future. So how do we process it? Again, I think it does go back to, you know, crisis really reveals who we are as people. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing those that are, are very resilient and they're saying, I'm committed to be a part of moving humanity forward. I'm committed to being a part of finding a better way. I'm committed to being a part of learning. And so I can stay curious. And when I know better, I can do better. These are kind of people that I look at going, yeah, I want... I want you on my team and I want to be on your team. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I think as crisis reveals the true character of who we are, pay attention, mm-hmm. pay attention and get selective. Um, some people are really liking to repeat some of the stuff on the news and that's becoming their narrative. That's becoming what they continuously mm-hmm. grow. Uh, it's not what I want to be a part of, you know? And I think that, I don't want to live in a defensive posture of saying, no, I don't want to be part of that. No, I don't want to be part of that. No, I don't want to be part of that. I want to say, no, I don't want to be a part of that. And here's what I do want to be a part of. I want to develop hopeful language. I want to develop a, um, any, any spaces that offer each other grace and curiosity and kindness and compassion. So crisis begins to reveal this sense of inner strength in each of us. Is it the strength to fight? Is it the strength to build bridges? Is it the strength to um, make connections? Is it the strength to push people back? All of us have some strength and power we can offer the world. I want mine to be connected to those that are hopeful, building bridges, see that uh, things like love and peace are powerful in this world. And yes, they do need to be defended. And yes, they do need to be protected. But our strength gets to be about building those spaces versus trying to keep people on different sides and keeping them in categories. I'm just not interested in those those conversations anymore. I'm interested in the ones that build bridges between us. Mm-hmm. One thing I've learned from you that I use daily is, okay, what are my true beliefs? When I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling hopeless, it's, okay, what do I know that is true? Mm-hmm. And so... And I think of the good things, like what is true. I know that I live in a house of love. I know that my husband loves me. I know that there's hope. I know that there's um, good things ahead. And so when I just get bogged down, then I have to s- stop listening to the voices. And because it's so many times it seems like, oh, the world is all bad right now. Everybody's fighting. 
But then when I look within my home, no, we're having a great time. I have great kids. I have a great husband and I need to focus on that. And it's where we look our eyes to, where do we focus on that defines our attitude sometimes? Well said. And that's then where you grow your enthusiasm. So you're going to encounter people that are, their, their, their eyes are focused on who's fighting next and which team do I join? Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in that. And, you know, I love what you just said because it's the essence of clarity, confidence, courage. Clarity is the essence of understanding what is true. Yeah. Confidence is about what am I believing? Courage then out of that, you get to say, because I believe that I get to love and offer love, guess what? I'm going to be loved today. I'm going mm-hmm. to move in that and take action in that. And courage is all about taking action. Mm-hmm. So when we are aware of that, you talk about the foundation for enthusiasm. It's not a fake, cheap enthusiasm. Right. <laughs> it's one that offers a strength and a uh, resiliency and a focus and a purpose in this world versus one that says, everybody just give up, be a victim. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be taken out. You might as well not fight it. You know, I think that, that is not at all what I'm interested in. And I think that as we step into each day, each moment, how even how we wake up, we have an, uh, we have a choice of the mindset that we're going to bring to our world that day, whether it's your small little home of two or three people, or whether it's a huge company, or whether it's going over to Starbucks, <laughs> wherever it is you're going today, what you bring with you actually does have a contagious effect. Mm-hmm. And what you said made me think of like false enthusiasm versus true enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And because we were talking about addictive personalities in our last podcast. And so it made me think of like, I can get enthusiastic about shopping or eating Mm -hmm. or feeling these needs. And then it makes me happy. And I feel like I'm enthusiastic and hopeful again, but that's like saccharine. That's just false. And so once you have true enthusiasm, it goes to your core and it lasts and it propels you forward. It's not just a substitute. I could not have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Coach Christina. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) No, but you're making me think of all these things I haven't thought of before. And it's, it's how to find the truth. And I think there's so much false so much, so many things that are false out there that are trying to just plug the hole and it's not working. And so we need to get to the core beliefs and the core truth so we can get healthy and we can make the world healthier and happier because it's not right now. Right. And crisis reveals what's at our core. Yeah. So if at your core, you have a commitment to hope and building bridges and connecting well with humanity, it's going to reveal itself in crisis. If you've had just the surfacey kind of um, inability to have that deep core awareness of how you're going to contribute to the world, crisis will reveal that. And it's a gift either way. Mm-hmm. If it reveals some of these areas that you don't like what you're seeing, you're offering negativism or you're offering this victim mentality or you're offering anger or retribution or revenge or bitterness, it gets to be a bit of a check that says, do I really want to be that person? You know, and I've, I've had all those emotions and I've offered some of those emotions, you know, Mm -hmm. none of us are above it, but when you see it come out, you do have a choice. Do I want to be that type of person in the middle of crisis? No, I do not. I want to be a person that offers hope, offers a connection, offers value, offers purpose, recognizes that we're all humans and 
to be humane is one of the highest <laughs> gifts we have in our humanity. Let's remember that a humaneness. How do we show up and be humane to one another? Mm-hmm. And so is optimism and pessimism, are we born with a bend towards one or the other? And same thing with enthusiasm. Is it a choice or is it something we have to train ourselves to? Oh my goodness. It's definitely a choice. It makes me think mm-hmm. of the book. Uh, I think it's called The Choice by uh, Dr. Edith Eager, I think her name is. And she's 90 years old and she finally wrote her first book, her first bestseller. And wow. she's a survivor from Auschwitz. And at 16, she was taken. And so she lived one of the most horrific stories a human can live. And yet she's talking about hope and resiliency. You know, it's a choice. And she literally says it's a choice. And I feel like major kudos to her. She has earned the right Mm. to say it's a choice. You know, it comes out so much more powerful from her mouth than it would be from mine um, living in a beautiful world that I've gotten to live in. But I also feel like every human has hard pieces in their story. Mm-hmm. I too have had to look at some of my, my stories, my darker stories and say, I have a choice of how I'm going to recover from this, respond to it and also be better from it. Um, it's cruel to push it. If you're in the middle of hand, you know, kind of trying to heal from it. But at the same hand, I want to say you do have a choice. You have a choice of how you want to move through it. And I think one of the biggest choices I've made is, I will not stay stuck in my pain. Hmm. I will feel it. I will move through it. I will pay people to help me do it, but I will (laughs) not stay stuck in it. I want to live out of my healing, not out of my woundedness. Mm -hmm. What got me thinking about this question is when you posted about the birds. It's always, it always comes back to those birds and (laughs) you're like, beautiful they are. And I'm like, my, my first thought when I see a flock of birds flying overhead is don't poop on me. Like that's the only thought I have. So you're teaching me to choose. Oh, how beautiful. Not, I'm going to get pooped on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, isn't that why we need people in our lives? Because no one can hang on to hope 24 seven, you know? And I think that if they know it's your core value, they can laugh at you and go, really, Heather, you're you're so worried about them pooping on you. Didn't notice how beautiful they are. And I (laughs) I think it, the people you surround yourself can help handle that with humor too, and pull out your best self. Mm hmm. Um, and how does your relationship with your husband and your friends promote enthusiasm? What does that contagious enthusiasm look like on a day-to-day basis? Wow. Um, I think the people that are very in my inner circle know me well, <laughs> and they know some of my shadow sides to my beautiful strengths. And so they, they love me through it and they'll say, oops, I see this. And they have They have complete permission to step into my life and offer truth to me, but in a loving grace filled way. And I think that, I think that's really valuable to me that people understand in my closer inner world, what is it that I can get sucked down into and how do I support her and love her through it? That's always what I'm looking for, but I don't want a friend to just go down with me. If I'm spiraling down, I don't want them to go. Yeah, that is terrible. And yeah, look at this. And yeah, yeah. I'm like, please, (laughs) I don't need any help spiraling down. Mm -hmm. So I think as I've been aware of that, 
I'm really careful about who I share some of my pain with or my hardships with or my hard days or my hard moments. Mm -hmm. I share it with people that say, oh, I see and I hear and you can get through this. You can rise strong. You will be better for it. You know, I just need people to stay in that with me and remind me it's not going to take me out. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful balance of empathy and compassion, but it's also a good suck it up, get out of it. Not suck it up, but like, okay, move forward. Okay. I hear you. I feel your pain. Now let's keep moving forward. And that's the beautiful relationship part of it. It really is. And there's different levels of that, even down to, you know, again, I hire professionals to support that conversation with me so that I don't have to take it to my marriage. I don't have Mm. to take it to my best friends. You know, I get to say, you know what, I'm going to go pay a professional to help me kind of sort through some of this messier stuff. And then I could come into these other relationships and really enjoy them, play with them, and even kind of offer more of my better, my better self having, having uh, process some of these things with uh, someone else that's helping me hold a container. Cause I have a lot of thoughts in my head. I hold a lot of ideas and the shadow side of that. I'm very clear that, Oh yeah, this could overwhelm people. Heck it overwhelms me sometimes. <laughs> So to put that on one person is, is not fair. How you kind of just gently spread the wealth, (laughs) spread the wealth of who you are, Christina. (laughs) (laughs) That that should be another podcast. Um, It's, it's allowing yourself to show up really well for each relationship and recognize what each relationship has to offer and how you get to grow and foster and nurture a relationship. That's really meaningful to you. That's good. It makes me think of like a doctor. You don't go to like your husband, Atlanta Boyle. That's like the worst part of you. You go to a doctor to take care of it and then you can come back whole again. So Yes. Ooh, well said. It's exactly it. Well, on that note of boils, that's all the time we have for today. (laughs) We'll leave you on that beautiful note. (laughs) Yes. So join us next week when we talk about how time off refreshes clarity and creativity. Please subscribe to the Heather Penny podcast. And for questions, comments, and resources, please visit heatherpenny.com. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day. And we can't wait for you to join us next week. Thank you, Heather. You're welcome. Take care, everyone.